Now you watch and listen to us, I know, for the best, most honest news analysis in the country, and that is what we will give you tonight on this big Trump FBI story, which has huge implications for the United States of America. This is a major story. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of information, as I always suggest. You might have a pen and paper handy. I'm going to speak a little slower today because we have so many facts to give you, and facts is what drives a story like this, not emotion, not partisan hysteria. You get plenty of that. Here, you're going to get what we know and how we know it. That is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So this is a political tsunami. This will affect the November midterm election vote and the 2024 presidential vote. So because of that, it affects every one of us in this country, even the people who don't pay attention don't care. There will be a lot of unintended consequences coming out of this situation. I will run down some of them for you. But first, the facts. Federal Judge Bruce Reinhardt of the Sud Southern District of Florida approved the warrant yesterday to raid Mr. Trump's Palm Beach home. Okay, Judge Bruce Reinhardt. The warrant came after the National Archives in D.C. asked the Justice Department to investigate whether former President Trump broke the law when he took documents to Mar-a-Lago, his home. That was in February. Okay. The search warrant does not suggest that criminal charges are in play or will be forthcoming. However, in order to get that warrant, there has to be the suggestion that a crime might have occurred. Might is the key word. All right. That's you don't get a warrant unless you can produce evidence of that. And we don't know what the evidence is. We don't know what Judge Reinhardt saw. I don't know if we'll ever know it. We should know it, but we don't know it now. So uh, according to Eric Trump, uh, who was on television last night, 20 federal cars with 30 FBI agents descended on Mar-a-Lago. Trump's lawyer, Christina Bob, was there. The Trump organization was given a heads up that this would occur. She was on the premises. All right. And Donald Trump himself said that the raid was not unannounced. So it wasn't an ambush or anything like that. Um, the FBI spent the majority of the day at Mr. Trump's residence. All right. Um, CNN reports that the Biden administration was not given a heads up in advance about the raid. That is probably true because the attorney general of the Justice Department, uh, Merrick Garland, would want to give his boss, President Biden, cover in case everything goes wrong. Okay, it's Garland who ordered this and Christopher Wray, the FBI chief, carried it out. So it makes sense that Biden didn't know. All right. Now, the National Archives believes that Donald Trump had 15 boxes taken to Mar-a-Lago from the White House. That's what they believe, all right? A grand jury, according to the New York Times, not a reliable source, but a grand jury has been called to look into this matter. 
Is that true? I would say probably yes, because that's what you would have to show the judge evidence submitted to a grand jury to get the warrant. Under the Presidential Records Act, a president cannot remove classified information. He has to send it over to the National Archives. He can't destroy it. He can't bring it to his house and play with it or whatever. Okay? So all presidents and White House staff are expected under law to preserve documents that are classified information. Now, we don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened. I hope we do so. Because, again, this is a pretty important situation. But right now, I can't say if Donald Trump removed documents that he should not have removed. I don't know. All right? And nobody else knows either. So if you're going to spend hours watching cable TV, it's just blather. Bilge. B-I-L-G-E. Bilge. Word of the day. Okay. The perception around the world, of course, is far different than in the United States. Around the world, they don't know our system. They don't understand warrants. They don't know due process. They don't know anything. So the headlines, I'll just give you a couple. In China, uh, FBI search for Mar-a-Lago may stop Trump from running again in 2024. That's the headline in China. In Iraq, and that goes all over the news, uh, all over the Middle East, IraqiNews.com, it is, quote, the recovery of the boxes raises questions about Trump's adherence to presidential records laws enacted after the 1970s Watergate scandal. So it will be spun negative against Donald Trump and the USA. And people overseas will say, oh, Trump is going to get arrested, he's going to go to jail. That's what will happen. On uh, cable news, of course, all hell break loose. This is great for ratings on both sides. I'm going to play you two montages, both 46 seconds in length. Trying to be as fair as I can. First is the pro-Trump reaction. But we also have to keep in mind that the other fearsome agency of the U.S. government, the DOJ and FBI, have also now been incredibly weaponized against their political opponents. And, and that includes the number one target, which is Donald Trump. I was a federal agent. I raised my right hand and I swore to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And I love this country. This is a freaking disgrace, a disgrace. We don't live in Cuba we don't live under Kim Jong-un. We live in a constitutional republic, a representative democracy. You have a bunch of FBI agents raiding the home of a former president because they don't like his politics? Are you kidding me? Okay, and here is the anti-Trump reaction. Nothing like this has ever happened before and we don't know how this ends. Tonight's news that the FBI has raided the home of the immediate past president of the United States. It feels both astonishing and sort of inevitable in equal measure. I think this is probably a moment for Donald Trump, who Teflon Don, who has never really seen any accountability over his entire personal and professional career and pushed every constitutional legal boundary you could conceive of in this moment for the first time, is seeing um, the wheels of justice push back against him. And I think what this demonstrates, as your other guests have explained, is that Merrick Garland is willing to carry this ball across the finish line, regardless of the fall. Now, that was uh, a woman named Kim Whaley, 
who teaches law at American University. And this is the scandal of our country. That woman convicts Trump. She's a law professor. It's insane. It really is. Now, the FBI will be damaged no matter what. No matter what happens, even if Donald Trump did something wrong, by doing what the Bureau did yesterday, it's going to be damaged perhaps forever. The reason is the FBI is already suspect. So if you were watching us last Thursday, you saw our analysis of Christopher Wray's testimony in front of the Senate, the head of the FBI. It was awful. He was terrible. He was, it was beyond belief. I wrote Killing the Mob, which is heavy FBI-centric, tracing the Bureau from its very beginnings all the way up to the war on terror. This is Killing the Mob. And J. Edgar Hoover was a villain. He, he weaponized the FBI all day long. There's no doubt he did. But the Bureau did have the respect of the American public. It does no longer. Unless Christopher Ray comes out shortly and says, we did this because of this reason. Here it is so all Americans can see it. He's through. He's finished in the court of public opinion. Because you can't just say, oh, I can't comment because there's an active investigation, which is what Ray does all day long. Russian collusion, no, Ray can't comment, all right? Uh, his predecessors, Comey and McCabe and uh, Strzok and all those that have been proven to, to use the FBI's power to try to damage Trump before and after his presidency, oh, Ray can't say anything about it. And remember, Ray was appointed by Trump. Some of you were well, why did he do I don't know why he did it, okay? I asked him, President Trump, and he said, well, he was recommended by the highest authorities. I assume that was former Attorney General Bill Barr. Okay? Ray has a conservative past. But now he's an embarrassment. Again, that testimony, if you didn't see us and your BillOReilly.com premium concierge members, if you didn't see my analysis of Christopher Ray last week, you got to watch it. He was embarrassing. That's not who should be running the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world. Okay, so um, the FBI is damaged no matter what. We have a history now um, regarding Donald Trump of blatantly unfair behavior by the federal authorities. Russian collusion was a debacle. Finally got straightened out, but no action was taken against Comey, McCabe, Strzok, or the other FBI that tried to take Trump down illegally. No action taken against them. They still have their pensions. Then you had the two impeachments uh, driven by Nancy Pelosi, which were ridiculous. As a historian, I can tell you it was absurd what Pelosi tried to do. And now you've got this document thing. So um, you have a situation where the American public is rapidly losing faith in American government and law enforcement. The open border is a catastrophe. You have any faith in Homeland Security? Do you? All right. Now I'm going to give you a refresher on Hillary Clinton. Okay? So Hillary Clinton was charged or alleged the same thing, that she took classified information and put it on her personal computers and phone 
illegally. All right, and she did. The FBI seized her personal computer in August 2015, seven years ago, found there was an astonishing amount of classified documents on it, and nothing happened. So the FBI, at the end of its investigation, said Hillary Clinton, then Secretary of State, took 2,000 documents she should not have taken. 2,000. Nothing happened. And going back further, you might remember the National Security Advisor under President Clinton, Bill Clinton, a man named Sandy Berger, who did ridiculous things. Roll the tape. This is a, a, an act that is not heavily enforced. It certainly has not historically been criminally enforced. Uh, in fact, some of the most egregious cases were handled rather lightly. Uh, Sandy Berger being an example, he actually stuffed documents in his socks mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> snuck them out of a secure location, right. leaving them at a spot to be retrieved later. Uh, he received no jail time and just pled guilty to a misdemeanor. Uh, he wasn't even uh, uh, forced to lose his security clearance permanently. It was just a three-year suspension. Okay, so what uh, Jonathan Turley is trying to get across is this is not a big deal in the sense that the federal government in the past has not taken it that seriously. But now, of course, it's changed. It's changed, all right? So Hillary Clinton skates on it. The FBI makes a big show of a raid at Trump's place. Now, I just got late information that the FBI had been in to talk to Trump in June, and the former president did hand over some documents. But then Merrick Garland, the attorney general again, said, well, you didn't turn over all of them. And so he went to the judge to get a warrant, and that's what happened. Okay, that is the memo. I think I have covered it as well as anybody on this planet can cover it. If you don't agree, bill at BillOReilly.com, bill at BillOReilly.com. Let me know what you think. Joining us now from Arlington, Virginia, is Jamil Jaffer. Now, he has quite the resume, Mr. Jaffer does. He's the executive director of the National Security Institute at the Scalia Law School. He is a former associate White House counsel under President Bush the Younger and former counsel to the Assistant Attorney General for National Security. So uh, Mr. Jaffer knows the turf. Number one, did I leave anything out or make any mistakes in my 14-minute analysis, Mr. Jaffer? You know, Bill, I think you covered it pretty well. The one interesting thing I might raise uh, that the president might raise if, in fact, charges are brought is, you know, the president has classification authority, original classification authority. He can decide what's classified and what's not. And so the president, in theory, could have declassified these materials. For all we know, President Trump's defense will be, even if I did take classified material down to Mar-a-Lago, I declassified it before I left office. As a result, in the materials that I have here are not classified. Right. And, and that may that may put a pin in a lot of what the Justice Department is right. bringing. Now, would he yeah. have if he took that tact, would he have had to put something in writing to show that he declassified the stuff? Well, you know, traditionally, Bill, that would be the case. But a lot of presidents and other members of the executive branch who have official original classification authority don't necessarily do so. So, for example, 
President Trump, as we know, tweeted out a picture of an alleged picture of an Iranian missile. Uh, I think a lot of people believe that that picture was taken using classified sources, uh, classified satellites. Um, the president tweeted it out. I think by definition, having put it out in the public press, um, he made the determination to declassify it. The president could take the same argument, right? It's traditional, yes, for presidents to fill out a form that says, you know, I'm, de I'm declassifying this, but it's not, I don't think, required by law. And uh, as a result, president could say, I, 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 you know, I told my colleagues or I made a decision, you know, and here we are. Okay. I'm moving so, to Florida. I made a decision to, to declassify them. Listening to you, Mr. Jaffer, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that you think this FBI raid was unnecessary. Well, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard question because if the president did violate, for example, the Presidential Records Act, the Federal Records Act, but just by removing documents, that alone is a violation of the law. On top of that, this question of mishandling or misstoring classified documents, unless he declassified them, which you might argue, right? All of those things are potential criminal activities. So can the FBI investigate it? Sure. Should they investigate it? Maybe. Conducting a search warrant at a former president's house, something that's never been done before, that's a pretty strong step. It's an aggressive move. They clearly think they have enough to justify it. Clearly, a federal judge, a magistrate judge down in Florida, believes they had enough probable cause to, deter to determine that a warrant was uh, was available to be issued under the Fourth Amendment. So, you know, and then the hard question is, you know, do you prosecute a the immediate past president? You know, and if you do, right, nah. what are the political implications? They can't, Does it, they can't right? do it with the Hillary Clinton thing on the, uh, on the uh, resume. You, you just can't. I think, and this is speculation, so I want my audience to know that I don't speculate much. Um, but this is important. I think this is what they call a fishing expedition to try to get January 6th material. That's what I think this is. Well, look, I mean, that may that may be the case, Bill. Certainly, um, uh, they have at least probable cause to believe a crime was committed. I think if I were if I were if I were, you know, guesstimating what they filed with the court, we don't know what they filed with the with the judge down there in Florida. Uh, but the fact that the National Archives did take possession of 15 boxes a few months back, took them up to D.C., and then made a referral to the Justice Department suggests that the National Archives determined that some of those materials they took back from Mar-a-Lago were in fact classified uh, at the time that okay. they took possession. I just want to I want to clarify to the audience what you're saying. They did remove other documents earlier this summer. The federal right. and and Trump allowed that. Trump knew what was happening and said, "Yeah, go take them. This is further." Right. Okay, so. When you have a situation where half the country at least believes this is politically motivated and you have uh, no explanation on the part of the Biden administration, the attorney general, the head of the FBI, nothing, no explanation whatsoever. Shouldn't the Biden administration get out there now and tell the American people for the sake of unity, this is why we did what we did. Shouldn't they do that now? Look, I think this is a very tough position they're in. I think having made the decision to investigate and potentially prosecute and conduct a search warrant at a former president's house, you've got to defend the, the FBI and the Justice Department against the claim that they're behaving politically. You have to. And somebody's got to get there and do and that. And there's no law violation to say this is what we gave to the judge. This is why we got the warrant. That's not a violation of law, is it? Well, if there's an ongoing grand jury investigation, actually, this is actually really interesting. If there's an ongoing grand jury investigation, 
They can't reveal information before the grand jury. That would be a violation of the grand jury rules. There's a rule 6E that prevents anybody, the grand jurors, uh, the individuals, you know, bringing the charges and the like. Uh, they can't reveal anything before the grand jury. So that might be one reason they're going to say that they're not able to talk about it. That being said, I think that it's a very it's, it's, it's a tough position to put the Justice Department in for the White House, for the AG, for the FBI to not come out and explain, look, Here's the basis for the investigation. You can Here's do it in a general way. Um, right. Okay. Final uh, discussion point. Unless Donald Trump did something heinous here, and remember Hillary Clinton 2,000 classified documents on her personal computer and phone, 2,000. Unless Trump did something really heinous, this is going to help him because it makes him look like a martyr, a victim, it continues the Russian collusion nonsense, the impeachment nonsense, now they're raiding his house, so that his supporters will be more vehement in his behalf. And those on the fence in the independent area will say, you know, enough's enough. I'm going to vote for this guy just because I hate the other people. Do you see I mean, that point? Yeah, Bill, I, now I've got to believe that the Justice Department, you know, the assistant attorney generals there, the FBI director, their immediate staff, the AG himself, had to have thought this through, right, and said, is this going to actually hurt the reputation of the FBI, the Justice Department, as you've laid out, the accusations of politics? They knew that was coming. Is that going to be net worse or is going after and prosecuting this potential crime more important? Where is the value? Ultimately, you know, uh, prosecutors, attorneys, attorneys general, uh, line prosecutors in the field, FBI agents, they make these calls all the time. They execute, they exercise prosecutorial discretion. Not at, not at this level. This is right. enormous. Anyway, right. uh, Mr. Jaffer, I, ho I hope you'll do me a favor, a kindness, and follow this and let us know when you see something that's very important. We'll bring you back. Obviously, you know what you're talking about. You're not a partisan. You're, you're telling uh, the people straightforward what you believe. So I hope you will help us out in that regard. And we thank you very much for appearing today. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. All right, let's go to crime. So uh, there's a recall effort in L.A. County, the nation's largest county, to get rid of the D.A. there, George Gascon. He is a George Soros disciple. Very simply, Gascon does not enforce the law. He took office on December 7, 2020, since he's been in office, homicides are up in LA County 
over 2019. Shootings up 54%. It's obvious. Obvious. Okay, Gascon either doesn't know what he's doing or is simply not doing what he is sworn to do, enforce the law. One of the two. So the recall looks like it's going to happen. It looks like because it's not in stone yet, they have the signatures. Now they have to verify them. The LA Times, which LA has local TV news, which is more tabloidish, and then they have the LA Times. That's it. All right, Orange County Register is much more. LA Times is appalled, not by Gascon and the rise in crime, violent crime. No, that there would be even a recall effort. Here's the quote editorial. The notion that a DA can make crime rise or fall over a period of time is absurd, unquote. Well, here's what's absurd, that the LA Times, which reports on the violent crime every day, doesn't think it's significant under Gascon. They want to keep him. Joining us now is uh, a guy who follows this closely. Michael Levine is a PR maven and author of the book, Broken Windows, Broken Business, the Revolutionary Broken Windows Theory of the Smallest Remedies Reap the Biggest Rewards. Okay, so tell the people, Michael, who don't live in Los Angeles, who don't know the LA Times, how crazy left this newspaper is. Well, uh, Bill, you have hit it on the head. Um, Day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, the Los Angeles Times takes a position on every single matter that would not be considered liberal or even very liberal. It uh, is considered far, far to the left. Woke left, I guess, is what common parlance has it written as. Now, I know the LA Times has nowhere near the power and influence it once did when it was bought recently by a billionaire doctor. Uh, there was a great deal of hope that maybe the Times would restore to its former glory days, but it has not. It has followed a path. And it is so predictable that um, I'm afraid it's become largely, for many, irrelevant. Uh, you know, Bill, I have a friend, a female friend in Los Angeles, an attorney, an African-American woman, who has two Bernie Sanders stickers on her car. That'll tell you a little bit about her credential. And even she said George Gascon is a bridge too far. Okay, so 700,000 Angelinos in the nation's largest county have signed a recall petition to get rid of yep. him. If it goes right. on the ballot, the LA Times will oppose. I don't know about local news. I don't even know if they cover this stuff anymore. I mean, they, they cover right. the grizzly crimes, but I don't That's know if there's right. any editorial point of view. Do you no, believe that that the people in L.A. County would throw him out like the people of San Francisco throughout Bowdoin? Listen, prophecy is dubious business, but it would appear from what I'm seeing in Los Angeles 
whether I'm talking to Democrats, I have many Democratic friends, I have some Republican friends, I have some nonpartisan friends, and I have some friends who frankly don't give a, a damn about anything other than whether the Dodgers win. And universally what I'm hearing is this cannot continue. Uh, and so I would say, though I'm not a betting man, that uh, that he like San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know yet. There is I'll a have to rage. Analyze. In, there is a rage and a disgust, not only about crime in areas in which traditionally had not been as decayed. It's there is a feeling it's seeping in everywhere. everywhere. But unlike San Francisco, where that city is small and compact, you can see it every day. L.A. County is spread out all over the place, and it's primarily working class people. I mean, Hollywood Enclave is, is just that, a small area which gets all the headlines. Most people in L.A., they just work for a living. They got to put up with the terrible traffic, with the pollution, with the woke stuff. And, and here's another thing. The L.A. City Council, again, far left, they want to pass a law that would require all LA hotels to accept homeless vouchers. You could not turn down anybody to stay in your hotel, even if the person were deranged, okay? This is what the next thing is in the LA Board of Supervisors. This is what they're putting forth. I mean, this is just well, madness. So you ruin your well, business because the law would force you to accept people who were dangerous, right? That's right. What that would mean, what you just explained to your audience, Bill, is that if you own the Bel Air Hotel, a beautiful hotel in Los Angeles, at two o'clock in the afternoon, you would be forced to call City Hall and reveal to City Hall how many remaining rooms you had that evening. If you had any remaining rooms, you would be forced to take homeless people into your hotel being paid for by a reduced vouchers. Yeah, by those taxpayers. The taxpayers that is pay for Right. It's now, staggering. One, right. Now, one thing I did want to mention to you, Bill, and this is something I think you've mentioned in the past. I've noticed a difference. Is uh, You know, I, I'm a, a media expert, and I, I observe media trends for a living and hopefully uh, do it assiduously. I have no horse in the race. Uh, I'm just trying to see what's true. And the difference that I've noticed rather profoundly is that conservatives generally regard liberals as either foolish or naive. Uh, liberals generally regard conservatives as evil and selfish. Now that's a rather significant difference. And uh, no one on the right that I'm aware of is calling for the death of AOC or Nancy Pelosi. But I see prominent Democrats repeatedly calling for brutal death of numerous Republicans. Now that's a rather profound difference. And if you tell people they're wrong, and here's why they're wrong, they may or may not listen, but if you tell them they're evil, that they're unredeemable, 
they're probably not going to respond too well. And that is, I think, causing some of the dissension in our country. Well, no doubt. And that goes into the culture war. Uh, But the rise of hatred on the right is palpable. It is, Michael. All right. Thank you very much for the analysis out there. You're our L.A. guy. And uh, I hope we check back within with you uh, soon. Uh, A poll by ABC News about the optimism or pessimism of America. Uh, Do you think the nation's economy is getting better? 12% getting worse, 69%. Staying the same, 18%. Second question, which political party, the Democrats or Republicans, do you trust to do a better job handling the economy? Democrats 25, Republicans 34. There you go in the midterms, right there. Right there. And do you approve or disapprove the way Joe Biden's handling the economy? Approve 37, disapprove 62. Um, Gas prices are going down. That will help Biden a little, but they're still not going down enough. So on July 9th, we were paying on average in the USA $4.70 a gallon. Today, one month later, $4.03. Okay, so 67 cent decline in gas over a month, which is good. But Tyson announces today it's going to raise the price of chicken by more than 20%. So chicken's big. A lot of Americans eat chicken. 20% is a big hike. Okay. Apple. So they sell a lot of stuff in uh, China. And uh, some of their components have made in Taiwan on them. Some of those Apple products because chips and things like that are made in Taiwan. No longer. So they are now knocking that out and saying Chinese Taipei. Profile and courage, right? Apple, there you go. Saudi Arabia executes 120 inmates so far this year. This place is unbelievable. The kingdom says a mass beheading of 81 criminals, 70% non-fatal crimes, okay? More than half executed for taking part in pro-democracy demonstrations. Saudi Arabia, you golfers out there. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings, against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 
877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Smart life. Are you leading a smart life? I hope you are. Because boy, if you're not, you're going to get scorched in this country. So we gave you the best places on earth to live yesterday, according to the Global Livability Index. Again, it's judged on culture, healthcare, education, infrastructure, entertainment. So the best place to live, according to this crew, is Vienna, Austria. Now, I have spent some time there. Nice city. Boring. <laughs> so I'm sorry. But it's nice. Now, here are the worst places. I have not been to any of these countries. Throw them on up there. Damascus, Syria. I was in the airport there. I didn't get into town. Lagos, Nigeria. Tripoli, Libya. Algiers, Algeria. Karachi, Pakistan. Port Moresby. Okay, that's New Guinea. Dhaka, Bangladesh. Harare, Zimbabwe. Douala, Cameroon. Tehran, Iran, the worst places on earth to live. Now, you, chances are you will never go there. There's no reason to go to any of them. They're awful. But what about here? You want to live a smart life, should you move? So say you're living where I live in New York. Okay, so society in New York City is collapsing, civility. Highest tax state in the country and the roads are horrendous. Okay. Um, the leadership here in New York is terrible. So sh should I be smart and move out? If I moved to Florida or Texas, I wouldn't have to pay state tax. Paid tremendous amount of money, I'd say. Hot down there. I've already lived in both states. Hot. I don't do well in the heat. But, you know, greater good, right? So all of us have to make a decision. So the state that has the most people leaving is Illinois because it's way out of control. Pritzker is the worst governor in the country. Chicago, you know about. All right. I think New York is second or California. Maybe we're a tie. Everybody's leaving because can't afford to live there. And it's with civility collapsing, violent crime rising, and you can't afford it. And now you might get hurt. So. What if I leave New York and I, I can't do it now because of family, but it, say down the road, if I'm still alive, I what would be my criteria? Well, number one would be environment, climate, environment. You know, would I be able to be happy year round in this situation? OK, number two would be affordability. I mean, I got more room than most people. But you don't want to be gouged. You don't want to be taken advantage of. Number three would be stuff to do. That's why, you know, Vienna, Austria is not 
an option for me. I'm not a big opera guy, and that's all I had there. I think they have a soccer team. I'm not big on soccer. There's nothing else to do. All right? So those are the three for me. There's a lot of places in the United States that are really nice. I've been to every state, every major city. But you have to, you know, you have to know yourself. A smart life hinges on you knowing who you are. And if you got to move, research. Go there for, you know, a couple of weeks. See, talk to people. No impulse. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So here is a final thought about money, a big discussion with one of my urchins last night about money. And it's hard because we are an affluent family and uh, they've seen the spigot their whole life. But now they're earning their own money and they need to manage that. And they need to have discipline. So you don't just buy something because you want it. That's insane. But a lot of people do, not just urchins. Oh, I want it. I got to get it. No. How much is it worth to you? What's its importance to you? No impulse buying. The reason that most Americans, and I mean that, most don't have much reserve is because they waste money. You know how hard you work for your money? And my urchin worked real hard this summer. But now he's like, I said, no, this is college money. I pick up all the tab, but spending money is on him. Okay. And so we had a big thing on discipline, spending, and delaying immediate gratification, which is what it's all about. Too many of us don't have that. Well, I want it. I got to get it. And they put it on your credit card, and then all of a sudden, the VIG rolls in at 18%. You're paying a credit card because you wanted that above what you paid. That makes sense to you? So don't waste money. Money is power. Money is security. Money protects you. If you don't have it, you're defenseless. It's not about greed. It's not about a Lamborghini. I mean, it's about amassing security for your old age, to educate your children in case something bad happens to you health-wise. Come on. Come on. Anyway, I think I won the debate last night, but I'm not sure. But I have a joint account with my urchin, so I know what he's doing. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. I hope you got a lot out of it tonight. We'll see you tomorrow.